This is attorney Andy Markintel and attorney Mark J. Victor. We are the Attorneys for Freedom, and you, my friends, are listening to the Peace Radicals podcast. How's it going, Mark? Dude, I'm starting out bad today. I'm, I'm already on a bad note. Oh, no. Yeah, because, you know, I'm, as you know, I'm coming to you from Hawaii, and I thought that I was going to bam you with the ocean scene behind me and my Aloha shirt right here, and then... I come on and you can't see anything behind me and you got a BAM Aloha shirt as well. Yeah, we should mention that our audiovisual guy tried to uh, walk Mark through how to yeah. angle his camera and different things you could do with the shades back there. But Mark's just in, in, totally incapable. It's not my area. Scene. I'm like, I believe what Adam Smith said, you know, I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I start peace movements. But other than that, that pretty much taps me. Ain't that the truth. But the yep. bright side is with that glowing light behind you, you kind of look like this deity just radiating with brilliance. So uh, <laughs> it's it's a decent look for you. Yeah. And we have such an interesting guest today that we're going to need all that brilliance just to keep up with this guy. I, think. I love it. Well, why don't you start with a summary of what our movement's all about? So maybe you're clicking on this video. You're just hearing about the live and let live movement for the first time. What the heck is all this about? Mark, why don't you blab for a little bit and summarize what this movement's all about? OK, you guys heard he didn't give me a time limit on this one, so. Anyway, Is it too uh, late to give them a time. Of it? No, man, you forfeited your right. So, look, you guys know, probably could figure what this is about, right? It's a peace movement. It's called live and let live. What do we mean by that? Exactly. Exactly what we're saying. Live and let live. If you don't like that phrase, you're going to hate everything I say. But if you like that phrase, you're going to love everything I say. And so really, it just amounts to a couple of simple rules. That's it. Yeah, we actually think we can get peace and freedom and peace and prosperity for our fellow brother and sisters on the planet. If we follow two simple rules, rule number one, we also call this the legal principle. This is the rule. Sorry, you got to follow it. Whether you like it or not, we don't care. The rule is don't be an aggressor. Don't be an aggressor. That's rule number one. Rule number one comes from the idea that live. What, what could live mean? You're in charge of you. You run your life. You're the iron fisted dictator of you, your body, your property, your money, your time. You are in charge of you. That's how you be in charge of live your life, run your life. Doesn't mean we don't have things to say. That's how we get to rule number two. We have suggestions. Rule number one's mandatory. Don't be an aggressor, period. That goes for everybody, every person. We don't care what color your skin is, where you were born. We don't care what language you speak. We don't care who you love, how you love. We don't care if you believe in God or don't believe in God. Everybody's treated the same, period. Nobody gets to aggress. This goes for all people. We don't care if you formed a little group. It's nice that you formed a little group, but even your group doesn't get too aggress against every anybody else. You're a corporation. Great. No problem. No breaks for you. You don't get to aggress either. Neither does the biggest group of all the government. Why and on earth would we ever want our government aggressing against anybody? It's there as our agent to defend us. But we got suggestions. It's called be a good human. This is a suggestion. You don't have to be a good human. You can be a jerk if you want. Just don't aggress. But we're suggesting you be a good human. And what do we mean by that? First of all, if you had a decent person who raised you, you probably have a pretty good idea what I'm talking about here. But I'm going to break it down with what we call our aspirational values. What do I mean here? Open mindedness on everything. Somebody changes your mind, you should thank them for improving you. I'd rather have the truth and be correct about my positions. Be open-minded about everything. That's what we're pushing. Tolerance towards other people. People live differently on the planet. They have different ideas and priorities. Can we at least be legally tolerant about how they might live differently than us? How about voluntary kindness, not forced kindness, the kind that we call aggression that violates the rule, not that, but voluntary kindness, the real kind, the kind you do because it comes from your heart, 
because it's the right thing to do where you don't have to do it and you do it anyways. That's voluntary kindness. Civility. Do we have to call each other names if we don't agree? Can't we agree to disagree? We're all big boys and girls. We're on the planet for a short time. Let's get along. It's okay to disagree. Let's be civilized. We don't have to call other people names. Let's lead by example. Let's push civility towards everybody. No problem. How about building high levels of trust with other human beings? Don't ever do anything to screw up trust with another human. The good relationships, your good relationships, they're based on trust. High trust, great relationship. Low trust, bad relationship. If you haven't figured out your relationships with other people are more important than money and more important than almost everything else, you're missing a lot. Building high levels of trust is important and it's a key aspirational value of ours. We like facts, the truth, rational inferences, wherever it goes. Even if it's different than what I currently believe, whatever the facts are, the facts are, let's find them. We're committed to that. Why do we care about any of this stuff? Why do we care? Why are we saying be a good human in the first place? Why do we have aspirational values? Because our goal here in this space, and I'm trying to persuade you, I'm not trying to force you. I got no right to force you to do shit. The only thing I can say about that is, I don't force you, you don't force me. That's rule number one. Without rule number one, we can't have any other rules anyways. No aggression, period. We care about this stuff. The reason we have the be a good human rule is because we want to optimize human happiness and well-being while minimizing suffering. That's what we care about in this space. That's why we have rule number two. We're not ashamed to say it. That's rule number two, be a good human. Here's the big difference. Rule number one, mandatory. You got to follow it. We don't care. Everybody, groups, corporations, the government, don't care if you're rich, poor, whatever. No aggression. Rule number two, totally suggested. You can completely ignore it. If we defend your right to say I'm closed-minded, intolerant, unkind, uncivilized, I don't care about building high levels of trust. I don't care about optimizing human happiness and reducing suffering. To them, I say, you're not part of our movement, and that's okay. But I defend your right to act that way so long as you don't aggress. That's Live and Let Live. Kicks off in March of 2023. We already have chapters around the world. Go to liveandletlive.org for the long, excruciating. This was the short version. <laughs> our guest is foaming at the mouth right now to get involved in the conversation, so that's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. Normal, normally, here's where I pitch the long, excruciating version. I'll just put a link to it briefly below. This is where we sit down and we take a long time to apply this principle towards many of the issues of the day. How does this apply to gun rights, abortion, uh, drug use, uh, taxation, things like that. Uh, we go through each uh, issue and we apply it to it. Uh, we strongly encourage you, if you want to do a deeper dive, to take a look into that. But without further ado, because as you heard, he already has some things to say, our guest today is Mark M. Bello. He's an attorney and author. He's a civil justice advocate, and he draws upon 40 years of courtroom experience to write what sounds like a really interesting legal th uh, thriller series the Zachary Blake legal thriller series. And from what I saw, Mark, from your website, it looks like kind of each book in the series follows a different kind of issue, different political issue, which I thought was kind of cool. So um, why don't you start by introducing yourself and tell us what you're all about? Well, you just did that. Um, I, then I, why don't I, I have nothing else to say about myself other than what you just <laughs> Well, then I saw you waving your hand while Mark was talking, looking like you wanted to interject. <laughs> Let's jump I, I, right anyways, into that. Mark, welcome to the show. I want to say Mark. it's an honor to have a, a, a brother attorney on the show because as people know, I'm not shy about being proud to be a lawyer. I think lawyers have a hugely important role. The law is important. We got to get it right. We got to have a good, clean justice system. And that's this is one reason I'm very pro good lawyer. I, I agree. The comment I wanted to make while you were while you were giving your live or let live speech and advocating for non-aggressiveness was that you were very aggressive in present in presenting the argument and i and i my my only suggestion to you because i have no quarrel with anything you said yeah i love it is 
to calm down a little bit. <laughs> you know, Mark, what you deliver you a non-aggressive me. message very aggressively. That's not the critique I expected, but it's funny. Actually, you know what? It, that critique, honestly, over my life, I have gotten that critique more than any other critique. You would think I would listen to it. But Mark, I got to tell you, I am so fired up about I don't like where we are. I don't like where we're drifting. I don't like what that we're adrift at all. I don't like the R's. I don't like the D's. I don't like what they're saying. We need something new. We're a global community. We're all brothers and sisters. Let's get over it. Let's push peace and freedom. And it gets me fired up because we could all be living so much better on the planet. Our brothers and sisters in Africa right now, we have 10 chapters over there. They want to lead the world in this. And if it's not the U.S., I want it to be the U.S., but if it's not the U.S., go Africa, Team Africa. So you're right about your critique. I need to bring it totally differently. But that's why I have Andy. He's much more eloquent than me. He's smarter. He's an awesome lawyer. And you know what? It was funny. Andy will tell you. I sent him this email not too long ago. Tell him about the email, Andy. Which one are you talking about? The one where we got the comment, the fellow who didn't like my he he said, just want to say Andy's much smarter and more eloquent than you. <laughs> well, and you know, everybody's got a different way of learning and accepting things. And the question, I guess, really is uh, what's necessary for a peace movement to be successful? Because, I mean, a lot of people need something more fiery and in their face and something more passionate and everything to really get pumped up about something, especially when you're talking about a significant sea change that would need to occur in thinking. So I don't know. I know for a fact that Mark's uh, style works very well for a lot of people, and I know that because uh, he's done things like uh, had many, many, many trials uh, that he's won over his career. He's done things like run for Senate and will be running for Senate again this coming year and has gotten uh, over 100,000 votes in the last one, even as one of those little uh, insignificant third-party candidates and everything. So... Somebody likes what he's saying, but I agree. I agree with all that. I, I, I'm not. I'm not quarreling with anything you guys have said. I'm simply saying, a man gets on a, a podcast and he starts screaming. <laughs> be less aggressive. That doesn't make it. That's that's an oxymoron. You well, let me just let me say this. You you know what, Mark? Actually, hold up before you jump in, Mr. Victor, because um, I'm surrounded by Marks right now, so I guess I'll have to do last names. <laughs> Um, but uh, but uh, Mark Victor, you didn't even explain this week. You ju- you're not on your A game right now. I can no. tell you that right now. You didn't even explain this week what you mean by aggression. You didn't even break it I, down I at all. Right through it. And, you know and what I so I think I think what he's doing is confusing what what terminology yes. is meant. All right, let's bring it. This is I was just gonna say make this point in a slightly different way. I was gonna say you know what? Slightly Mark, louder, less eloquent way. I was going to say, I'm in disagreement with you here for the reason Andy points out. Words by themselves can never be aggression. They might be offensive. That's true. But we are hardcore pro free speech people in our movement. And if you're only talking about words, I don't care what the words are. I don't care if they're offensive. I don't care if they're inflammatory. If they're just words, and I generally, just so you know, agree with pretty much the jurisprudence in our First Amendment law. I think there are limits to that. I think there are things you can take off the table. I don't totally agree. I I think we need a Brandenburg versus Ohio standard. Where you draw that line is a tough call. And so we're in agreement there. Uh, Your point, I think I agree with. I'd like to bring it a little differently than I have brought it, but I do get fired up. But Andy's point is critically important too, which is you got to be clear about what aggression is. And let me just lay out what we're saying aggression is. You might disagree with me on this, and that's fine. Here's what we say aggression is. Initiating force against another person or their property, like hitting somebody in the face or stealing some of their stuff. That's aggression. Shouldn't be unclear about that. Fraud. I don't normally go into all of the different elements of fraud, whether some places hold five elements, some places say seven, but that general definition of fraud, we agree with that. You don't get to do that. That's stealing somebody's property through trickery. Also coercion. We know what coercion is. There's some question at the edges, as we as lawyers know, different states define it differently. But if it's coercion, it's aggression and it's out. And then the final category is doing anything 
I don't care what it is, anything that creates a substantial risk of harm to another person or their property. That's the way I say it to other lawyers. The way I normally say it to non-lawyers is don't do anything that puts another person in danger. That kind of sums it up. This is our recklessly firing a gun into the sky. This is drunk driving on the wrong side of the road. We don't have to wait until the person crashes their car. This is having too many explosives recklessly stored in your house, experimenting with viruses in your basement in an unsafe way. All of this is aggression because it puts another person at risk of harm. That's it. If it isn't in those categories, it's aggression. The reason we care about that is because when you aggress against another person, you are not letting them live. Where for live and let live. Live and let live. Both things are important. Let live means you don't aggress. So that's how we define aggression. Maybe you take issue with some aspect of that definition. I, I'd love to hear it because otherwise you're a brother live and let liver from what you're telling me. And I'm excited to have you on board with our peace movement. I, I don't, I, I've actually found the first thing I would quarrel with. And that is that, that I believe that words do hurt and can hurt and uh, speech can be a weapon. Having said that, I, I don't disagree with anything else you've said. Uh, okay, um, let's talk about that. That's interesting that you disagree at that point. So what you're essentially saying then is some speech should be illegal. Some speech should be unconstitutional. That, uh, well, I don't, I'm, same, not sure, I'm not sure that- Fair enough. Whether What I care about is that it's prevented by force, right? That's the only thing I care about. And so I, I agree with that. If you if you go back to, for instance, fire in a crowded theater, yeah, and those standards, I, is that the Brandenburg standard? I'm not. I, I, no, I don't remember the case. Brandenburg, Brandenburg versus Ohio, which was decided, I think, in 1969, was the question of at what point are you inciting another person such that there are fighting words? Okay. Oh well. Okay. And they they sort of broke out a standard that said you said you did something calculated to incite like a crowd to a riot and likely to actually get them incited. They said that's close enough. We can outlaw that. And I agree, generally agree with that spot right there. Sort of, so sort I, of like sort of like what's being argued in the in the congressional hearings right now. I'm not following those. What those guys are talking about doesn't have a lot of interest to me because all I care about is whether somebody's aggressing or not. And if they're not aggressing, then I would leave them alone because if not, I'm aggressing. And if they are aggressing, I do everything I could do to stop them from aggressing. And if they're not aggressing, it doesn't mean I think they're OK because they might not be, be being good humans. And I'm trying to push them. You know, I was pretty clear about I'm trying to persuade people into we're very serious about that part. We want to put the best versions of ourselves out there. We want to lead. We want to inspire. We want people to act better. We, we're talking morality here. And we're not going too far. I'm not telling you have to respect your elders or anything. I mean, I think you should, especially the older I get. But uh, you don't have to. You can say the heck you heck with you, Mark, and all this be a good human stuff to which I say, I'll defend your right like I would defend your right to say things I disagree with, no matter how horrible they are. We're pretty strong on the free speech issue without free speech, Mark, as you know, we got nothing for a free country. If you're not free to speak your mind and have a free market of ideas and exchange of thoughts then you have what I would call an unfree society. I think I'm persuaded by Mr. Bellow um, in that I can, th there are certain ways that we can frame certain types of speech such that they are aggression. For example, the fire in the crowded theater example just given is, uh, we could say, a form of uh, coercion. We're trying to whip everybody into a frenzy. Putting enough it's, people it's in fraud, danger. It's there, defrauding, yeah. it's defrauding, it's putting people in danger. So definitely we can cast certain types of speech and, you know, you can weaponize certain types of speech. Yeah. But Mark, my, uh, Mr. Bellow, my question for you is um, other than something like inciting a riot or, or trying to whip everybody into a dangerous frenzy, is there any other time where uh, any other types of speech that should be illegal in your view? I have a problem with the word illegal. I, I'm, I'm not saying that I disagree with Mark in regards to um, legal or illegal, and I don't think people should be thrown in jail or 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 have their words criminalized unless what, what we're talking about, firing a crowd at theater, inspiring a, a, an insurrection. And I, I don't want to get terribly political here, but but uh, a lot of my books are, are, are on the political side. Um, 
but what, I'll, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I wrote a book, a shameless plug. <laughs> plug away, my brother. Wrote, yeah, please plug a, anything you want. I wrote a, a children's book about a biracial kid who's never had a problem in his life. And he goes to school for the first time, kindergarten. It's called Happy Jack, Sad Jack, a bullying story. And he goes to school and he's teased and, and bullied because he's biracial and everybody else in, in class is white. Um, that's not illegal, but it's certainly hurtful. And oh. that was the point. That was the point I was making. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, I can let Andy deal with this one or I, you know, cause go I do ahead, a- go ahead, Mark. I think you and I are both thinking the same thing right now. Yeah. So um, in terms of our rule number two, be a good human, this is totally in violation of that rule. So I would do everything I could as strongly as possible and is very strongly up to the point of aggressing against the kid, try to persuade him to not act like that. I would explain to him that this actually isn't in his own self-interest. We have good arguments on our side for why being a good human is a better thing, better way to live. Right. And, and, and the book and the book teaches that. Yeah, uh, excellent. That's, that's the point of the book. But my but it, it, it differentiates a little bit from what you were saying. And, and that is oh, how so you can say anything you want. It's that's not those things aren't harmful. And I that's what I disagree with. Well, I guess harmful wouldn't be the word I was talking about, not whether it's harmful, but whether it's aggression, aggression is what we prohibit by law. So so the question would you, that I would you disagree, about, would you disagree that that bullying a kid for being biracial is is aggressive? I would say it's not aggression such that our legal principle, it's not defined okay. as if we did anything to him as a result of that physically would be violating the first rule, the uh, not to aggress because he's not aggressing. But we well, try hold, to pers- hold on, hold on. It dip- Let's make sure we're using the same terms yeah. here, gentlemen. What is meant by bullying? I can yeah. certainly imagine bullying. Well, that if there's hands on, yeah, yeah, of course, that's different. If there's hands on, that's totally that's an easy one. In the but book, in the book, words. in the book, in the book, it's hands on. But I, I want to put. Oh, that, well, that's easy. Hang on, I, I know that, I, I, and, and that's a crime, and, and not for a kid. That's I all guess. we're asking. What's a what should be a crime? All right, but but let's let's. I I, I want to explore this a little bit because you. Okay, it, good. It's, it's an interesting um, position you take in the book. He punches him, he knocks him to the ground. Obviously, that fits your definition of aggression. Yeah, and he's but I would but I would submit that that calling a kid a bad name, hurting his feelings deliberately is aggressive. And, and that's all I'm saying. I, I now having is it legal or illegal? That's a whole separate question, but it's certainly aggressive. Okay. I I mean how you define aggression and for what purpose you're using aggression. We're using the word aggression to define what should be illegal, what should be stopped by force. And it's only for that purpose, because the consequences of violating rule number one means that we as a community, as a society can do something. You're subject to a formal sanction. We could put you in jail. We could fine you. We could stop you from doing it in some way that that's the implication of violating rule number one. Rule number two is a different question. The way I'd love to resolve this problem and the only part that even makes it hard is you're talking about a public school. If you're talking about a private school, well, then the issue is very easy to resolve because the private school isn't subject to the First Amendment to begin with. So they can make any rule they want about anything the kids say. They can say, if you say a mean word to another kid, we can kick you out of school. And that's perfectly fine for them. So they can make whatever standard they want. The problem with having it at the public school, like so many other problems, prayer in school, for example, who gets to play on the government sports teams, all of these questions, these involve state action. This is why we're talking about First Amendment questions and why we have all these hard questions about who gets to use the bathroom under what circumstances and whether they can teach creationism or evolution in school, whether there'll be the woke agenda is taught in school or whether the right agenda is taught in school. I don't like any of those problems because I don't want to force anybody to do anything. So I'd like people to go to whatever school they teaches their kids, whatever they want them taught. That's 
parents have a right to teach their kids whatever they think is best about the world. Is and the laundry like list you just went through are all immediately resolved in private schools with the concept of privatizing schools. Which yeah, is a nice a nice solution, I think, to all of these. We shouldn't be fighting. I want to fight about as few things as possible. I don't want to fight about anything. Actually, we got to get to peace. What I want to do is find a way for us to get along on the planet together. I got ideas, Mark, about how you should run your life and what I think things you should say and what you should do with your money and how you should live. And Andy will tell you, I got ideas on what you should eat and not eat and all that. Um, and I'm Most happy of them to, are really poor ideas. Involved I'm happy. Lots I'm of vegetables. And I'm does, happy. Does, Andy want, does Andy want to hear any of them? <laughs> yes, yes he does because i once once we negotiated a deal and i negotiated in the deal that andy had to actually read the book the china study by my good friend Col t colin campbell about Who we had pushing, on the podcast by the way pushing okay. a whole food plant-based diet and andy read it there's a little controversy okay. after over what happened after he read it but my recollection of the story which i'll defend is that Andy came in and basically said, yeah, you know, he's probably right. This is probably the healthiest diet, but essentially I don't care about that. I like eating meat and I'd rather die younger and be happy and eat meat. And I said, I, I totally support your right to eat meat. I did put it on my reading list. <laughs> it's actually pretty good and very persuasive. But, you know, we make decisions every day that aren't the optimal, most healthy decision that we could possibly make given an infinite amount of choices. Yeah, and, and I, re I respect your right to ignore it. You should bacon get to ignore me. Bacon, yeah. Just yeah, bacon. You should get to Mark's point, though, the bad choices we make only only affect and hurt ourselves. There's a whole lot of difference between making a choice that hurts yourself, a financial decision where you lose all your money, than there is to making a choice that hurts somebody else. And that's a whole different issue. Sure. Like imagine that I eat bacon to obesity and horrendous health problems and everything. And that's the skinniest person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but but suppose hypothetically I did that and then I required you to subsidize my health care. Which is exactly the situation we have right now in the United States, isn't it? You're asking me? Yeah, I mean it's it seems unfair. It seems problematic. I guess this is a good segue to what should the role of government be when it comes to social programs, socialized medicine, things of that nature. Well, I, I have I have somewhat of a different opinion, um, but again, I, I I don't quarrel with what you just said. I don't quarrel that that someone who eats poorly makes himself sick, gives himself a heart attack and then seeks public support for his hospital treatment has only himself to blame. Having, having said that, the compassionate part of me, the, the other side of me that says he pays taxes and he, and he pays for insurance and so on and so forth says, um, he's, he ought to be, he ought to be treated and he ought to be able to go to the hospital. So I, I, you know, am I being well, wishy-washy? Probably, but I just—I don't see any problem. It was still not in disagreement because the compassionate side of you should do anything. In fact, we're trying to push you to do something here. We are trying to push you to do something. It's called. Uh, but, but Andy's not wrong. Uh, if you, well, if, if Andy, you... if Andy eats to oblivion, he eats. He he disregards what T. Colin Campbell says and he eats bacon sandwiches for breakfast every I'm day. On it. And he, he becomes a horrible health risk and he goes to the hospital and now, he, you know, it's a million dollars a year to take care of him or something. We might you and I, the compassionate part of us is we should help Andy pay his bills. And I completely agree. We should try to recruit people. We should start a charity to make that happen. I get that. But if I can't convince you to do it, if you say, you know what, Mark, uh, I, I'm worried about malaria nets going to Africa or some other cause somewhere else in the world, or you just want to take a nice vacation because you say, I'm that guy who, who's not a good human, I don't care. I'm going to buy a new Corvette or something. Or I only have the resources to take care of my family and not Fatty Andy over here. Yeah, and yeah. I got other for priorities. Whatever, for any reason at all. I understand, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're difficult choices. I, I, they I, I are difficult. You're, I, know but, you're, I know where you're going, and I, and I understand it. And, and part of me agrees with it. I, 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 I'm not. It's the, 
I'm curious about that other. I want to talk to the part of you that disagrees. When you say when you say they're difficult choices, I'm 100 percent with you there. The only thing I'm confused about is whether you're confused or not about who's making the choice. Right. I'll explain. I, you should. I'm for you choosing for you and me choosing for me and I, Andy choosing for Andy. And the, and the difference is our definition of, of, at least to some degree, our definition of what government is for and what government should do. I think what you're saying, I think what you're saying is that government shouldn't sponsor, for lack of a better way to say it, uh, health care. Because because why should we as taxpayers support Andy who ate himself into oblivion and is costing us quote the citizens uh, through the government a lot of money and my response to that in in uh, to differentiate where, where you are versus where I am is you're saying we as citizens individually should choose whether that's so. What I'm saying is we as citizens represented by a compassionate government might be wise to listen to the government in deciding that it's good for all of us to take care of our brothers and sisters who are less fortunate than we are. Whether we want to or not. Maybe. I, I, that's the part that's the part where I'm more wishy-washy. Well, let me. Can you, I say something before are. Andy says? I mean, I'm I, down to take a suggestion if yeah. the, if the government wants to issue an official suggestion about how we should spend our money to take care of one another. Here's some uh, facts and statistics about how societies raise in in happiness once we're all taken care of and we take care of the lowest among us. I will listen. I will listen with an open mind and everything like that. The only issue is at that point when they show up with a gun every tax season and say through force and it's let's let's call it what is it's not theft Uh, every time i hear somebody say taxation is theft that's not quite accurate theft is much lower than what taxation is we have a word for theft plus coercion through force it's called robbery that's what we're dealing with right isn't that what we're dealing with i'm not i'm not being given the option to use my property how i want to let and me that's, just say and something. That's, my, that's the part. That's the part. That's yeah. my wishy-washiness part. Well, let me go back. I, I don't terribly simple. disagree with what you just said. I just yeah. I, the, the compassion. The compassionate side says, and again, I'm kind of making your point for me, or for you, because because just because I'm compassionate and I'm willing to support somebody's ill health, that doesn't mean you are. And, but, and I don't force them to be. That's the question. Can you? Is it right to say, look? I got a call. There are things about the world that I have concluded that that need to be funded. That's great. You have a whole set of mechanisms of figuring that out. Maybe they're persuasive. I'm Andy was open minded. I'm open minded. But Andy is entitled to exactly the same thing you're entitled to, which is to have his own mechanisms to make decisions about what's important about the world. There are some good arguments, by the way. He might want to fund cancer research instead. He might want to help kids who are starving in Africa at this very moment. I send some of my money to Africa because I've concluded that the people there have less choices than the people here. And I think people are equal on the planet. I don't care that their color of skin is different than my, I reject that thinking. And so I send my money to Africa and I wouldn't want to be told by Andy or you or anybody else that their decision about compassion overrides my decision about compassion. I'm a simple, very simple guy. Let me say it again. I don't care about any of that stuff. I only care that nobody's aggressing. And I don't I don't want to be aggressed against by the government or a corporation or a person. I don't care about groups. I don't care about badges or hats or funny titles or any of that stuff. What I care about is I'm really I'm not pretending to be. I'm really against aggression for everybody. No exceptions whatsoever that you are compassionate. I tend to agree with you in this area, by the way. I think we should. In fact, Andy and I are on a campaign to convince people. Maybe you'll help us. We want to convince people to be good humans. And we're very serious. I don't want you to think that, you know, rule number one is critical. We need it. But right after we get people to understand through their head or at least buy into aggression's wrong for all purposes at all times, period. 
Then we go to this other really next important rule. Number rule number two, our moral principle. Be a good human. We're not silent about now you can disagree, but you're not part of our movement. Our movement requires agreement with two things. Number one, I like rule number one. I'm really against aggression. And number two, I like rule number two. I think we should do our best to try to persuade, persuade, not force, persuade. Force violates our rule number one. So persuade people to be good humans. That's it. We're, two we're, words. we're Americans also, all three of us, I presume. Yeah, very proud to be an American, by the okay. way. And Americans vote, right? Yes. And Americans have elected officials. They do. And the way you the way you change whether or not the government sponsors or forces us to support someone's health insurance is by voting for someone who believes the way you do, which is the government shouldn't do that. I presume that's the way you're what you're saying. I think what you just said makes a lot of sense. I, I don't know if in a democracy where you try to get things done peacefully, you have to ultimately get people in office to change the law. I totally agree with you on this, but that we don't have people there now who feel that way is irrelevant to me because I don't care what anything else says. I don't care what the law says or the constitution or anything or anybody. I, Mark J. Victor thinks really in his heart and soul, and unless I'm provided a good reason to change it, I'm not going to, I think aggression is wrong in all cases, aggression as I've defined it here. And if I ever find it, I'll do my best, use all my powers to stop it. I'll band with other people to try to stop it. I'm against it in all cases. I don't care where it comes from or the good thoughts behind it. Because guess what? If you're trying to put your good compassion in the law, other people who have different ideas about compassion, guess what they're doing? They say, oh, it's okay to put your compassion in the law. We want to put our compassion in the law too. I agree. We I want agree. to tell you how we want you to live. And I want to answer to them, not that, hey, my compassion goes in the law and yours doesn't. That's not a good answer. That's our but current but, answer but, right but, now. My answer to them is nobody's compassion goes in the law. The only thing the law says is do not aggress. Seems to make if you want to actually get to peace, if we want to stop fighting with our fellow brothers and sisters and actually get to peace, the price that we pay, open your wallet. This is the price you got to pay. You cannot put your morality into the law. I don't care how good it is. I don't care that I agree with it, that me and you agree that it should be done. We still don't put it in the law. Sorry. Nobody's morality goes in the law. And I don't care. Mark, I'm going to rein you in right now because I know Mr. Bellows trying to have been responding for a while. Go ahead, Mark. I, Sorry. Go go there, ahead. Less there, aggressive. There's Mark. A, it's there's a, there are safety issues here. You know, I want to go through a red light uh, and the government can't tell me I can't do that. And they can't give me a ticket for it and tell me it's wrong. And the person who's got the green light gets killed. Uh, we're all lawyers here. You, That's... You're, crea you're creating a substantial risk of harm when you're in an organized traffic situation. Yeah. Where you, why would we want people also, to put other... also argue that you're creating a substantial risk of harm by allowing illness to be perpetuated because we won't support a healthcare system. Now, again, I'm not disagreeing with the core principle that you're espousing. Do you, do you want to aggress or not, Mark? That's really the I mean, look, you point out there's good things we can do if we aggress. I agree. There are good things the government can do, too. I, and, and by the way, I'm not hugely pro-government. I'm not. I sue I'm the just, government all the time. I'm just trying to figure out if you're pro-aggression or not. That's really all we care about. I, see, I you can it, come up may, with. We may, have we may have different definitions of the term then. Like I said, you said, for instance, when you when you led the the. Uh, podcast that words are can't be aggressive and, and words I just by themselves yeah and I just well they're not a, they're not under our definition of aggression okay yeah. so we have different definitions of aggression well you can be look tone you guys tone, are saying I'm aggressive tone, tone. Be, yes tone I'm aggressive be aggressive. Tone. I, I've been known to have aggressive tones in my life tone. for sure but I don't think I violate rule number one by having what we my, my mother my mother tone. used to give me aggressive looks 
scared the shit out of me, man. Andy gives me aggressive looks sometimes when <laughs> but, my stomach the, goes too long. But but our point is that neither your mom's aggressive stares or Mark's aggressive tone should be codified in the law such that we're going to Agreed. use force in order Agreed. to prevent that. Yes. Right? That's what we're, I'm against, so I'm against that is force. what we're after. I'm against harmful force. Any general. force, but, any but initiation it, of force we're against. So, Mr. Bellow, the, it, there, there's something happening here in this conversation that I see <laughs> happen so many times, and it always just absolutely fascinates me. And I think it's one of the biggest stumbling blocks for the freedom movement and for people's uh, how, they, how they conceptualize these types of issues that we're talking about. And what that is is you're expressing that in an individual capacity— you more or less agree with all of the principles that we're giving. People shouldn't be aggressive. They shouldn't use force or fraud or coercion or uh, create substantial har risks of harm to one another. We shouldn't steal anything. And furthermore, kind of on a slightly more macro level, you understand the concept that just because uh, we got together and we have more people than you, it doesn't justify our aggression. We can't uh, force you just because we formed a group. You understand the concept that just because I hired an agent to aggress, that doesn't make it right. I, I can't pay somebody and say, well, it wasn't me who aggressed. I just paid that agent over there to steal your money. It wasn't me that stole you. You understand all of this on on a on an individual level but as soon as we move it to groups that are big enough as soon as we get it to a government scale that's where we lose most yeah people. why does that happen i don't why get does it that happen well again again I, I, you know i don't i don't want to keep repeating myself but we live in a democracy democracy is regulated by a government that for the people by the people etc we have the right to vote. And if if the movement that you're espousing is the will of the people and we vote and we voted in and we are the majority, the three of us, if we all agree, then we get to make the rules. But we're, we are in we are in a society where the majority wins. The minority loses. Sure. And but they and get to impose their will. We're governed, we're governed by by elected officials that we vote for. All that's correct. But even if that happens and the majority of people have decided to aggress and they actually aggress because they can and they under the rules, they can actually can't we still identify it as, hey, aggression is still wrong, even though it's now legal and even though they're doing it, aggression's always wrong no matter what. Imagine if we told the kids in kindergarten, look, the kids on the other side of the room, they all got together and decided they were going to take and use your toy without your permission. But they voted on it. They had a fair vote. They counted the vote correctly. And they're taking your toy because they can essentially. I mean, that they can and that they did and that they voted and that the vote was fair and counted and double checked. And even even the, the right agrees it's a good vote, right? It doesn't matter to me. Aggression still remains wrong, even if the majority of people no longer know the difference between right and wrong. Right. The word, the word law is is in the title of the profession that you chose to be a part of. Yeah. Laws matter. Yes. Very much so. In fact, our whole movement has a legal principle. That's our most important thing. And what okay. we want to do is conform the law to the legal principle. So not only do they matter, they're supremely important. Right. right. So if for, if, for instance, and, and again, this is just an example. But the law is wrong if, sometimes, if Mark. You guys, you guys brought this up, um, this particular issue up. If the Affordable Care Act is the law, you're saying it's an aggressive law, I presume. Well, I'm but saying, it's still, but it's still the law. We have to, we we are required to quote submit yes. unquote to it, right? Yes, or you go to jail. So now we could vote. We could vote to change it, right? Uh, I suppose. But right now, it's the law, and that's my that was kind of my point to Andy. You know, my my proudest moments that I've had as a lawyer are challenging bad laws. Um, yeah, no question. I've, re I've represented people, for example, before Prop 207 here in Arizona recently passed uh, legalizing marijuana. The government used to engage in aggression against people, incarcerate people for uh, peacefully smoking marijuana, possessing marijuana. And I've been in front of many judges before 207 passed 
arguing that the law was wrong, that we just got it wrong. I mean, when, when 207 passed, it didn't all of, all of a sudden, the use and of marijuana were, became and, and you were right. really right. Yeah, and you were right. 100% right. So, so, so it, it's laws in my profession, and part of that to me, the mo- most important part, that doesn't mean blind obedience to the status quo. It means uh, I use I'm the not, power that I have in order to try to uh, not shape the laws around I, the right principles. I'm not suggesting blind obedience. I'm suggesting the avoidance of anarchy. The way we judge a law, Mark, we (laughs) judge. That's that's a fair point that Mark just made, is that what we we need to pay very careful attention to the method by which we change the law. This is why we call it the legal principle. And I say in my book, actually, which, by the way, I'd be happy to send to you and you can read and critique and tell me if you think. So far, by the way, I haven't really found any disagreement. It sounds like you're I'm I'm ready to call you live and let liver based on what you said. (laughs) Welcome you to the movement. I'm really I mean. Look, we're, you'll find out if you talk. The only to- disagreement we have for Mr. Bellow at this point is that, in his opinion, there are some times when it's justified for the government to engage in aggression against its own citizens for what the voters have currently today in the year 2022 said is in the greater oh, but good. And I'm not that's sure Mark the, said that. Only, I, think I think that's what he said. <laughs> I think well, Mark I'll, said I'll, say it, I'll say it pretty bluntly. I think in certain circumstances, you can force slash codify Compassion. Your compassion, you mean? Whatever. I, it's not necessarily my compassion. Okay, well, tell me if I, let me try to restate it to make sure I understand it. You think that it's okay in certain instances, which you will let us know whatever you think are ap- appropriate, in certain instances when you've decided that your particular compassion on a certain issue is appropriate, then it's okay in to aggress, because we're agreeing now we're aggressing, right? So you are aggressing against another human being taking their money to satisfy whatever you've decided is an appropriate, compassionate use of someone else's money. Well, I get that my, right. You're, you're calling it my definition. I, I, I'm trying I, to understand I, what you're saying. Well, well that, here, that what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that the, that the people vote certain people into office from time to time. And, and by the way, who they vote for, I mean, if you think if you think about again, I'm trying not to be too political here, but it's okay. But I'll, I'll, I'll just give you, I'll just give you an example. I'll give you an care. example. Yeah. Yeah. It shocks me, as a citizen of the United States, that the same country can elect Barack Obama and Donald Trump. That shocks me. Whether you're a Trump fan or whether you're an Obama fan, or whether you're somewhere in the middle. It is such a starkly different choice. Yes, I think I have a good same, answer. Same, for this. same country. Same country. Yes, I think what happens so, is people feel like they have two choices: the R and the D, and there's like a pendulum. There's the, the, that's the certainly R's, true. The R's they like to aggress in certain ways, and they aggress in certain ways, and then the D's they aggress in other ways, and, and it would we don't be, like it, it. We don't like it. It would be nice if we had. It would be nice if we had more choices. That's for sure. Yeah, we but don't. By, think, but, but if my point is, my point is that that we elect our our leaders, our leaders debate to dumb this down. They decide to pass a law. That law doesn't necessarily recognize my compassion or your compassion. It recognizes the majority of our citizens' compassion or feelings about a particular issue. In the case of what we're discussing. It is health insurance. You have a different opinion about whether or not Andy's bacon eating, uh, uh, slovenly eating habits. Lay off my bacon. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, ought to be subsidized by you, Mark. And, and um, Andy would be my, happy my about attitude, that. My attitude, my attitude is. What are my choices? Do I help him pay for his insurance or his health through the government, or do I just let him die? And and I, I that's kind of where maybe you and I differ on on the issue. Now now, do I disagree that the government shouldn't mandate health insurance for all people? I would tend to argue that health insurance for all people make all people healthier. 
and all people healthier is good for our society. If you read that book, if you read that book, forcing me to participate in that doesn't offend me much, but I understand and agree that it could offend you. My only response is that going back to the voting issue is vote for other people. That's our choice. Well, I certainly agree that people should vote for other people, but I think we can also agree. I mean, we don't need to talk about Nuremberg or Martin Luther, Martin Luther King's letter from a Birmingham jail where he discussed unjust laws or the law was when you and I were in law school, Bowers versus Hardwick, which meant you could lock up and, and charge criminally, convict and lock up people for having gay sex, for actually engaging in gay sex. And that wasn't that long ago that that case got overruled. So that's a bad law. You're right. Of course, as there's, is, lots of is, is, there's lots of examples the, of bad is law. The issue is many such bad. We could talk about them all day long. There's lots of bad laws. We're not simply saying that whatever the majority decides to make as law is OK. We're not saying if that's all you're saying, it seems like you could have a better argument than that, unless I'm not missing something. That. But I, I'm certainly not saying that. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, even if the majority gets together and issues a law, we judge the law based on whether the law is in harmony with rule number one or not in harmony with rule number one, which is to say whether the law is aggressing against other people because they don't get together, like Andy said, and form a group and get to aggress against other people, no matter how you dress it up. You can call it anything you want. I don't care what it's called. And yeah, just I... to, to point it out, to solidify the point, each and every one of those horrible laws and horrible policy decisions wouldn't have existed if the legal code was structured around don't be an aggressor yeah, in the right? first every place. One of it them. makes it easy. No gambling problems, no problems with the drug war, no problems with prostitution, euthanasia of course we know you have to have a competent adult making a competent decision there are things that need to be worked out uh, at how midday. about how about slavery how about other yes. big how about all other big things that at times in our always the pro- what, history what, had the majority opinion on its side what is it i'm upset about between uh, russia and ukraine well russia it seems to me russia violated rule number one they aggressed that's what i'm up if they didn't violate rule number one if putin was just spewing a uh, hateful speech towards uh towards ukraine it was saying the horrible racist terrible things look i wouldn't like the guy still i try to convince him he should speak differently he he should try to be a good human but if he's not violating rule number one what i say is leave him the hell alone don't do business with him if you don't want to that's fine don't be his friend but that's all we're saying if we want to get to free look you have worthy things that you have good I think people will live healthier if they read T. Colin Campbell's book and eat a whole food plant based diet. But I'm I don't want to force paying you for this episode, Mark. That's like the fourth time. you. I'm just trying to give people good advice here, brother. I mean, whole food plant based is the way to go. Speaking of it, plugging, hold, hold on before you go too far down that rabbit hole that nobody wants to go down. Right, right, right. Um, Mark, uh, we are at close to the end here. We got less than five minutes. We haven't even talked about what seems to be an extremely fascinating book series. I, I want oh, yes. to get back, into I'll this. come back someday. But go ahead. Uh, go please. Ahead. Well, can you at least give our, our viewers a pitch for the Zachary Blake legal thriller series? I read like the, the I think it might have been the first book in this series, the, the summary of it. And it looked like. I guess to some crudely summarize, a washed up attorney who's kind of an ambulance chaser guy kind of falls into a big case and it kind of goes from there like a thriller series and it's based on real cases. Give a pitch for it. That that That's what Betrayal of Faith is about. Uh, uh, other than the ambulance chaser part, he's so washed up that all he basically does is go to the uh, bar and the strip club and and once in a while, he'll pick up a criminal assignment or a juvenile assignment. He doesn't chase it. He doesn't even chase ambulances. Uh, <laughs> but but um, in his in his heyday, he had a client. Uh, uh, a, a man got killed in an industrial accident, and he gets a call from the man's wife, her widow, and she has talk about uh, aggression, and rule number one. She has two kids who have been sexually abused by a Catholic priest. Uh. Um, and Zachary thinks uh, he's hit the lottery and he uh, rushes to take the case. 
He takes the case and he sends out a letter. He gets contacted by the um, diocese, offered chump change, and he jumps at it because he needs the money really badly. And his client uh, gets very aggressive with him <laughs> and tells him, not on your life, uh, you've insulted me, and she fires him. And he begs for his job back and tells her he can be the champion she needs. And the book goes on from there. Eight books later, uh, he's kind of resurrected his career and, and he's doing uh, nice things and, and getting people justice in a variety of, of ways, uh, fighting groups like white supremacists, uh, uh, handling a case of sexual abuse uh, by a Supreme Court justice based on the Kavanaugh hearings, um, handling a case where uh, two different types of immigrants are being uh, challenged in court uh, based on their on the government's border policies. Um, These all seem a, very a school, topical. A school, a school shooting. A cop on black shooting, stuff like that. Aren't so exactly uplift. These don't sound like uplifting, inspiring. Well, well, they're 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 books that show the public um, how to use the legal system to challenge the status quo and get the justice you deserve, and they offer some practical solutions on on how we as a society might do better as you guys are trying to do yeah uh how we might better handle these issues using using the justice system i love that you think about the big questions and that you write about the big questions i i think we had a really interesting conversation i'm very intrigued to know more about your thoughts in fact what i'd love to do love 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 and certainly just a suggestion i'd love to send you the current draft version of my book have you read it? Do the deep dive. Look at how we analyze all the different issues. I have lots of issues in there on all kinds of hard topics, including abortion, animal rights, wealth redistribution, reparations, racism, capitalism, socialism, guns. I cover all of them. And I'd like you to just take a look at it and then let's have you back. I think we're going to win you over to be a live and let liver. I think you're going to be part of this global revolution. And this we're saying some revolutionary things and well, revolutionary. It sounds league. like he's already there on an individual level. All we, all we have to do is all we have to do is convince him that the same principles apply to big, scary groups that call themselves groups. And yeah. we got him. Right. That should Along be with most of the yeah. public. You know, when I, when I was a young kid, we, we, we had just gotten married, my wife and I, and we moved to Lansing, Michigan. And I come from a, a relatively um, large Jewish populated area in Detroit. And while my name is Bella, when it doesn't sound Jewish, I'm a Jewish boy. Me too. Okay, so so I'm surrounded by Jewish uh, marks. You got the Jew boy crew today. I, I've, had, I've, had two, I've had two Jewish experiences, but I'm gonna I'm gonna only. I've had several. I've I'm had several. Describe, yeah. Well, I've had several too, but I mean, two two life um, affecting. Ah. So, so the first one was in sixth grade, which is what prompted me, by the way, to write Happy Jack, Sad Jack. But the second was this uh, getting into law school moving with my wife to Lansing, Michigan. We move into a condominium, uh, apartment condominium, you know, one of those um, up and down townhouse things. And, and knock on the door uh, and welcome wagon is at our door. And we invite him into the home. I mean, well, uh, they have welcome in their name. Come on. Wow. Um, so we invite him in and as the conversation develops, they're Southern Baptists and I'm going to hell. <laughs> and I basically said, oh, no. I welcomed you into my house, into my home. You're sitting in my living room and you're telling me I'm going to hell. Uh, not to be aggressive, but I said, get the hell out of my house. <laughs> Actually, you know what I think you should have done, Mark? And I've had this experience, too, because, as you know, many Christians think us Jews are going to hell. Right. I, I look at it completely differently than you look at it because these people are trying to help us. They have a certain belief about the world. I, I, yeah, yeah. Real, real quick, a, a yeah. point there, of course, is that 
the most compassionate thing that this person no believes question. they can do they, is convince you to go to out, They walked out. They walked out shaking so, so their heads. Sadly, yeah, so sadly, sadly they have because, a clear, they, because they failed to save me. Right, but since they, were, they have they a were clear version upset. of what their compassion is. If only they instituted it into the law that right. all Jewish people need to accept Christ and go to church and everything like that. All they like got to do is get a majority. We'll throw you in jail because that's <laughs> yeah. their idea of just what's get the a most majority. compassionate thing. Yeah, as just long as get you a get majority the... of people. Yeah, it's all well, over. Well, then it's still the law. You still go to jail if you don't our, comply. All that's true, but it ain't our, right. Our, country, our <laughs> country's kind of done that for them a little bit, don't you think? I wouldn't say you go uh, to jail right now as a recovery. No, you don't Christian, go to jail. But one of the one of the things we're constantly hearing is that this is a Christian country. I know, and it depends what you mean by that. Because if what you mean by that is we're pushing Christian values, but we respect rule number one and rule number two, push away, brother and sister. In I fact, agree. there's a lot in those values I love. Love. I we have many Christians, mm -hmm. by the way. Two of them came on Peace Radicals already, did two different episodes and said, the reason I'm a live and let liver is because of my Christianity. Right. No problem. You want to put that in the law and Both violate rule number one and force everybody to live the way you think? Well, that's a completely different problem. Are, one minute are, left. Are, one minute left in our time. You are Kevin. correct, sir. I, I need I need the website for the people to go and find this awesome book series. Mark, why don't you plug a couple of websites wherever they can find you? Very easy. MarkAmbello.com. Right at the bottom there. Ladies and gentlemen. Mark, are you going to do it with us? We, we always leave with the shaka. And we got to have a part two to this conversation. Yeah, too. great yeah, conversation. I, I this conversation. I feel like I met a new friend today, Andy. We've been talking to Mark M. Bello. Once again, I'm surrounded by Jewish marks everywhere. Um, but uh, it's been a wonderful conversation today. Go check out. Yes. Lachayim, for this podcast and many more. Until next time, this has been Attorney Andy Mark and telling Attorney Mark J. Victor, we're the Peace Radicals. Peace. Peace. Yeah. <laughs>